Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Like, say I want to see what you're doing and who you're hanging with, and you're not posting about it on your story. I can just stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's weird. You do that? No, I don't do that. I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages and keep it between friends, and then use that money to buy something at a store with Apple Pay. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Maybe. Shh. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. Terms apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, Zarin. What's up, Elizabeth Dutton? Uh, nothing much. Just chilling out. Uh, you know what's ridiculous? Oh, man, I do. I came across something and I wanted to tell you about this. Have you ever heard of tyromancy? No. Or a tyromancer? No. So a tyromancer is not somebody who romances people from Thailand. Oh, Yes, okay. a tyromancer is somebody who divines the future by staring at cheese. <laughs> I swear, this is a real thing. Uh-huh. I didn't make this up. This isn't like me coming uh-huh. up with like, come up with the career you want. I'm like, <laughs> okay, this is the job I see for me. No, honestly, in the Middle Ages, people would gaze at their cheese and they would try to spy the future in the cheddar like it was a crystal ball. Like, hmm. I swear to God, they would do this. But now you may be imagining like, well, Zarin, what do you mean they would stare at their cheese like just on their plate? No, they would go to like specialists or they themselves would do little ritualistic things like, oh, I'm going to write the names of all my bows on some cheese. And whichever piece molds first is the one I'm supposed to be with. Interesting. And that's so what sort middle-aged of, maidens would do. Yeah, yeah, it's letting the elements present themselves. as Yeah. And also, I mean, think about it. If you're going to be like picking a man, what better way than where a growth occurs? <laughs> A no? fungus? <laughs> a fungus, a mold. Like, it's like, this is going to be the f- fecund future that I expect. No? Well, anyway, I thought using a growth of mold to find a husband was just brilliant. I and I can... want to be a tyromancer so I can help the lovelorn too. Well, go get yourself a brick of cheese. It's one of the cheapest futures I can imagine for really myself. It is, really is. That is ridiculous. Thank you. Well done. <laughs> um, you know what else is ridiculous? No, I don't. Getting harassed by a coworker at 50 below zero. Oh, God. This is Ridiculous Crime, a podcast about absurd and outrageous capers, heists, uh, cons, It's always 99% murder-free and 100% ridiculous. Oh, you damn right. (laughs) Saren, do you like cold weather? That's like asking a Floridian if they like rational thoughts. (laughs) 
No, obviously I don't. I live in California, in <laughs> Oakland. I hate cold weather. The only way I want to be cold is if I'm dipped in the Pacific and I'm about to be standing on a board. Mm -hmm. That's the way I want to be cold. Other than that, the payoff is never worth it. No, I don't. I don't really mind the cold. You don't. But like, for extended periods of time, it gets to me. Like, what do you mean? Like, if you're there for like months? Mm -hmm. uh, well, and it's more like I don't. I don't like cold and damp. I've never lived anywhere where it's really, really cold. You lived in Scotland. Yeah, it was cold and damp. It wasn't like below zero. Oh, it you just mean like freezing versus cold. Yeah, it just hovered around the freezing point, but was damp. And so you just felt it like in your bones. I don't have those distinctions of see, cold for me starts at 65 <laughs> and everything below that <laughs> is freezing. Well, when I uh, was a college English instructor, I liked teaching Jack London's to build a fire. Uh huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would do that when it was super hot. That's outside weird. because, you know, it makes you feel cold mm -hmm. and blah, blah, blah. No, you can totally um, feel that snow. It cooled it down in the summertime. I didn't want to teach it in the spring semester that started in January because then, you know, it's cold outside. I guess it gets somewhat cold in the yeah. south. And oh, definitely. I mean, at least when I was a boy. Relative for me, you know, people up in like Minnesota are going to just scoff. But yeah. I thought it was cold. It was um, under 65. Exactly. Cold. Exactly. But I would I would teach to build a fire and the descriptions in that are so vivid. I still remember the matches. It's a detailed account of what it's like to freeze to death, in mm -hmm. essence. Spoiler alert. And do it through frustration. It's like yes. the slowest agonizing freeze mm -hmm. to death. I uh, The students weren't reading the story, but I was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'd assign it. They wouldn't read it. But every year I read you it. would revisit it? Oh, yeah, every semester. Everything I assigned, I'd read mm -hmm. because they weren't going to. So Someone I figured to. <laughs> someone's got to read this. Um, but so I would think a lot about people going up to the Yukon at the time mm -hmm. and, um, you know, putting aside all of their discomforts and trekking up there. Think in mind, too, that... Uh, when people were going up to the Yukon in the time of, of Jack London, they didn't have Gore-Tex. Oh, yeah, they're doing this in, it like, wool. It was, like, wool. leather and wool. Yeah, like a wet wool. There's not, like, an old dog. Mm-hmm. And so, but but yet people will still do it. They have this drive. I'm in awe of that because I like to stay comfortable. <laughs> I'm built for comfort, <laughs> not for speed. <laughs> That's just not me. But people who go and, like, trek across the desert. Yeah. Or, Zarin, yes. people who go to Antarctica. No. I got to the subject. <laughs> but those people are generally scientists. So they have that extra thing. So it's not just like people who go to like the Sahara. But they're not always scientists. That's true. Yeah. I'm telling you this story today about Antarctica because we're at the tail end of a pretty severe heat wave here mm -hmm. in Oakland, California. So you're pulling out your old tricks? I, yeah, totally. I need to get into a mentally chill place. <laughs> so I started looking around like, what's cold? <laughs> you came on Antarctica. Help. I typed into Google, help, what <laughs> is cold? cold? Melting. Just showed you a picture of iced tea and then Antarctica. Exactly. Iced tea the from rapper. SVU. Yes, exactly. Not the drink. <laughs> So, um, what's cooler than cold? You know, Iced tea. I want to talk to you about Antarctica. Come for the cool weather, stay mm -hmm. for the ridiculousness. I'm into this. That's the new Antarctica uh, travel like <laughs> slogan for, for tourists. Antarctica. I know a lot of people dream about visiting Antarctica. Do I know they? people who've done it. Oh, really? Yeah, and they're all stoked on it and they want to tell you all about it. But isn't it usually, I mean, like, I know somebody went there and they did it because they could run a marathon on all seven continents. It seems like people are always going there to get the seventh. Oh, it's totally the seventh continent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the pe there are people, though, that actually work there. Mm -hmm. And uh, unless that's your life's dream, I feel like it's a bummer job. And these, like, penguin husbands like the people who like shepherd penguins no there are research stations oh. yeah and there are penguins oh right of course antarctica <laughs> yes research stations so i'm like it's research just, stations and they're run like by penguins yeah. <laughs> what's the what's the most bummer job you've ever had oh god uh i've had some bummer jobs so give me a second Oh, yeah, I know this one for sure. When I was 13, I worked in an old folks home as a basically a waiter busboy. Mm -hmm. And it was not a bummer because it was like, oh, I was a waiter or as a busboy. I, I didn't mind that stuff. I don't mind dishes. I don't mind hard work. None of that bothered me. It was the fact that I got really close to all the people at this old folks home. And then I would go to my next shift and one of them would be dead. And I'd be <laughs> like, oh, oh, man, Steve died really last week. And I'm like 13. So like, I'm not used <laughs> to death. I'm not. And I'm really like really charmed by these people because they're at the end of their life. And so they're really honest with me and they want to impart messages. And also a bunch of them, like one of them was this 
old radio show personality. And so like, I loved old radio shows. I'm asking them about people. I'm like, Oh, what is so-and-so like, did you ever work with so-and-so? And they're like into it. And they know these people. So we're like bonded. And I'm like, this is great. And then I go back a week later and they're dead. And I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. So I come home crying. My mom's like, you know what? You might need to find a new job. And so then I became <laughs> like a, a paper boy and that was much better for me. <laughs> This is the most bummer job I've ever imagined. <laughs> right? I, uh, my bummer job pales in comparison. I had to work at, I had to, it wasn't like forced on me. I chose to work one summer in college at um, the like Ace Hardware Home Store. Oh yeah, good job and, for a kid. Yeah, well I had a couple jobs that summer just trying to like stay alive. <laughs> and um, <laughs> well like, you know, you just get cobbled together a bunch of part-time jobs. Was life tough on the streets for you back then? Do you need <laughs> all these jobs? Yes, it was so hard. <laughs> trying to make your eight? I was. And uh, so the uh, Ace Hardware Home Store um, was run by this manager guy who was really into Ren Fairs. And he wore hmm. really tight black jeans and okay. cowboy boots and had feathered red hair. Wow. And he would, we had to talk to him as his Ren Fair, Renaissance Fair persona. Get out at work. Yeah. We, we, he was like, he brought you, his whole self to yeah, work. Yeah. When you call him like, you know, Melvin Sir or, whatever, or whatever, he he was like, Sir Featherbottom or whatever. <laughs> like, please, no, call me that. And so we would say, uh, Sir Featherbottom, I've got a load that came in. Do we have, should I like tag all these for prices? <laughs> He'd be like, you know, carry on. And like, you know, I'd be there like tagging. Can I sally forth to take my break, <laughs> Sir Featherbottom? I'd be like tagging the prices on things. Mm -hmm. And he'd walk by, yes, well, carry on. And like, tut tut, and went along. And it was just, it was horrible. It was such <laughs> a bummer. That sounds like ye old bummer. Yeah. And I had, I had like really bright pink hair back then. Mm -hmm. And I got a lot of abuse from customers about it. One lady came in and told me I looked trashy. Trashy. Yeah. With pink hair. Right. It's, uh, I wouldn't expect that. I would expect a lot of things that she could have insulted you mm -hmm. with, but trashy was not what I expected. That's yeah. usually more of like the rinsed out blonde, like, oh, you look trashy with the like, you know, platinum hair, but like pink hair is more like you look fun. Well, I looked at her uh -huh. and I said, I'm rubber, you're glue. And then I cut her <laughs> credit card in half. <laughs> so that was my summer at Ace. <laughs> it only lasted one summer. Back to, Antarctica. <laughs> Back to Antarctica. Back to Antarctica. There are scientists, obviously, who dream of working in, in on Antarctica. Mm -hmm. And if we say on Antarctica, but we don't say like on Europe. Well, it's like uh, the way we or think of it Australia. is like an island. Yeah. So I think if we think of it as being like you're on the island. Yeah, but Australia. But once an island becomes yeah continental, you stop it's saying that. Yeah. So we'll say in Antarctica. Let's just say like with Antarctica. <laughs> they want to be one with Antarctica, and they think that they're totally prepared for these brutal conditions, mm -hmm. the isolations, um, the isolations and the such. Um, <laughs> the various are... <laughs> isolations one may experience. There are 45 active permanent research stations there. Okay. And then another 50 seasonal bases. So it's a lot of people. In the wintertime, it's a 1,000, and it gets up. The population in Antarctica gets to around 4,000 in the summertime. Hmm. Um, and because there are humans on Antarctica, hmm. there's crime. Ah, the two do go together. That's why we're here. That's yes, why one hand here. washing the other, then thieving from the other hand. <laughs> no, there's been a murder. Get out. Uh, but we're not talking about that today, dude. Yeah, that's our vow. That's our vow. Um, our promise. A few cases of arson. Mm -hmm. Probably just to stay warm. A <laughs> mysterious death that seemed a little fishy. Okay. Um, a melee involving some cooks that ended up with a hammer attack. Ooh. Yeah. And then an axe fight over a chess match. Get out. That resulted in chess being banned at Russian stations. I was... I didn't want to interrupt you, but I was like, this has to be Russians. You said axe and chess match. I'm betting on Russian scientists. Right, right. So... One of those Russian stations is Bellingshausen Station. That doesn't sound very Russian. No, it doesn't. Bellingshausen, did they steal this one? They're like, hey, Germans, look over there. Basically, and they just took it. basically. Like, we got this from East Germany. It's now Alice. I don't know why they sound so German. It was named after the famous uh, YouTuber, Victor Bellingshausen. Ah, of course. Good old Vic. Um, and so at that, that's the location of Antarctica's most ridiculous crime. So Bellingshausen this is, Station. Yeah, we're not even talking axe attack. This is even more ridiculous. Wait, this, we're not talking? No. That? I was so expecting so, the axe attack. Bellingshausen is one of the OG Soviet stations founded in 1968. Okay. They have a church there. 
They have a church? Yeah, Trinity Church. They have an Eastern Orthodox Church? Right. It's the only permanently staffed Eastern Orthodox Church. Permanently staffed? Yeah. Two priests work there. (laughs) They take turns giving the... Okay. I get it. They they need a priest. They need they need two priests. Like, well, and we like need an old vice, one, and I need a young priest a in vice, case we have to do an exorcism. <laughs> a vice priest. A vice He's priest. a runner up. He's a first runner up. I need him to hold Something the vestments. Something happens. Yeah, we got a backup. Well, they can't. You know, they, I don't know how many masses there. We doing got either. Father Sergey and Brother Uruguay. The church is adorable, by the way. You've been there. Yeah, I built it. It was <laughs> pre-assembled in Siberia from cedar and larch. Did you Google tour this church? No, oh, maybe. Maybe. Maybe I did. <laughs> I Google tour everything. I know you do. Uh, So anyway, it's not really that big, and it still has three small onion domes. Oh, yes. So it's this little onion dome church. The icons inside are all hand-painted, and the services are like straight-up Eastern Orthodox each week, frankincense, pageantry. The whole nine. Whatnots. (laughs) (laughs) The this and the thats. Um, you don't smell wood in Antarctica. This is not I a segue. <laughs> Just me personally. Saren, you don't smell wood. Seven. Are you hypnotizing me right now? <laughs> Your sense of smell is gone. Um, well, no, there I are no walk trees. In, into Antarctica and go, I don't smell trees. They're like, you have COVID, sir. Um, hello, ding dong. There are no trees in Antarctica. Oh, right. So this isn't like one of those, I don't smell candles. Yeah, that. that when, yeah, when you go... <laughs> No, okay. When you go to the candle I'm just trying to section. keep up here on what I smell I and what I don't smell and what it means. You, Zarin, and you, the universal you people, don't mm. smell wood in Antarctica because there is none. And so this is like a little escape going into this church to huff the wood smell. Really? Yeah. We're going for the wood? Well, I don't know. I'm here for the wood and some Jesus. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't judge. I'm not judging. They've had right? a wedding there. They had a wedding. For the wood? This. Yeah. <laughs> like, we need wood for this a wedding. A log married a chunk of frankincense. <laughs> it was beautiful. Uh, no, some dude from a Peruvian base, mm-hmm. he married the daughter of a Russian engineer. The, wait, the Russian it engineer was, brought his daughter, like a bring your daughter to work island? He lost a bet. <laughs> <laughs> I got to take one of my kids. I don't know. I don't know what happened with that. Here's another fun fact. Okay. Are you familiar with the tattoo artist Lyle Tuttle? Oh, yeah. Crocodile Lyle? Yeah. No, I'm not from Lyle Tuttle. <laughs> well, he's a famous or was a famous tattoo artist. Um, his tattoo was his signature tattoo. Total wait, showman. Wait, you're telling me his signature tattoo was his, his own signature? Right. So he set up a tattoo station <laughs> in Antarctica. That's amazing. And he, he tattooed his autograph on Dr. Anna Felicity Friedman. So that he could be the first person to tattoo on all seven continents, like See, you were saying. This is the only reason to go there. Yeah, so he just did the old signature autograph tattoo. And then got on a polar bear and bounced? Yep. Like, just like, shot off wait, into space. they don't space. have polar bears down there. That's north, right? No, yeah. it's a penguin. Penguins, yeah. He had like a sled dog team of penguins. So yeah, so he... <laughs> Going really slow. Yeah! And they just... <laughs> Waddling down the ice. You can walk faster than your sled. <laughs> Sorry, I'm sorry. Anyway, Lyle Tuttle. Yes. Signature tattoo. Mm -hmm. So there you go. That's another fun fact. Here's one more. Okay. I'm not sure if I can (laughs) take it, but go on. Did you know that Metallica? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to need a warning. Metallica in Antarctica? They gave tattoos. They played uh, in 2013. What? They played it. (laughs) What? Is this like an MTV stunt? We're like, we put Metallica on the bottom of of the world. So there were 10 winners of a contest who arrived in Antarctica by a cruise ship. And they got to go to a Metallica concert at the neighboring Argentine base. So did the Argentine base, like, hire Metallica in this contest? Like, hey, can we get involved with this? <laughs> they were like, ring, ring, <laughs> Metallica, they're like, Metallica speaking. <laughs> like, hey, okay, we're in Antarctica. We're freezing. Yeah. We need hot metal. And they're like, you were right on the... You know, and then they lit themselves metal. on fire. <gasps> I'm so sorry about that. Um, okay, so they built, they, they did this performance under a special dome. I am not making this up. Like a biodome? Yes. Like Lars is like, I must have a biodome or I'm not going down there to play. You have to hear my drums. (laughs) They all turned mossy. I feel like I'm making this up, but I know I'm not. I feel like you're making it up too. They were under a special dome. The audience listened to music on headphones. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Because they didn't want to disturb the local wildlife. The penguins were like, not. The penguins were Megadeth fans and they didn't like Metallica. They're hardcore Dave Mustaine truthers. (laughs) 
Yeah. Oh. So so that's the thing. They wore headphones. They haven't listened to Metallica since Cliff left. Yeah. R.I.P. Left. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice. Okay. I'm trying to be kind. That like, man was left crushed the by mortal coil. <laughs> I was just leaving out that other uh, part. I just don't laugh. Um, okay. So then, but after the concert, the boys went next door to mm-hmm. Bellingshausen to say hi. The boys of Metallica. Privyet, Cactela. Yeah. Metallica. They're yeah, like, how show? Hey, dudes. And then they left. Um, <laughs> so back to ridiculous crime. <laughs> I swear to God, there's a crime in here somewhere. So far, these have all been kind of criminal. <laughs> Let's take a break. Okay. <laughs> and when we return, I promise you I'm going to start talking about crime. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, A military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Darren. Oh, hey, what's up, Elizabeth? I was thinking about Metallica. <laughs> well, I have crime for you. I what? promised it. Okay, good. Thank God. First things first, I need you to close your eyes. Ah, yes. My eyes are closed. Zarin, I want you to picture it. Mm. You're feeling a little queasy. <laughs> <laughs> Is Metallica standing over me? Well, you've been on a <laughs> ship, and you're all bundled up in your new parka mm-hmm. that you just your mom got you, 
and you have that feeling of being a little overheated, but it's also super cold outside, <laughs> okay. so you're getting queasy. It's like the whole no winning vibe. You can't <laughs> try to stay warm. You looked at me and said the no winning vibe like we both know what this means. Like, you know, the no winning vibe. It's oh, my, yeah, totally. my vibe is the no winning vibe. So this ship pulls up at a dock mm-hmm. and uh, it's a barren landscape. There's some low buildings in the distance or there are some low buildings in the distance. Um, you, Zarin, in your new parka. Yeah. You've just arrived at Bellingshausen Station. I've heard good things. Metallica played here once. You, like, stitch cute little patches on your parka of, yeah. like, I'm a world explorer. Look at me. I'm so metal. <laughs> You've got a Lyle Tuttle tattoo on you. <laughs> on my face. <laughs> on on your <laughs> um, It's October. Okay. But, and that means it's getting close to summer. Don't forget. All oh, right. Southern Hemisphere. Mm-hmm. Back it up, Burnett. It is below freezing outside. It's somewhere between, like, let's say zero and 13 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, yeah, so subhuman temperatures. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. There are about 13 other people at this base with you. Mm-hmm. In the summer now, the population can swell to 25, but not yet. You're just almost there. Nope, you got the old baker's dozen with you. Okay. So you look around. You see the buildings are all single story. They look like temporary buildings. Oh, my gosh, what's that over there? The cutest little church ever. I'm going to put it in my pocket and run away. <laughs> but it's dismal. Other than that. <laughs> So the Russians, though, they refer to this station as a resort because the conditions are so much milder than, say, at, like, Vostok Station, which is further inland. The temperature there can drop to 120 below zero, Zarin. I love the Russian sense of humor. This is a resort. <laughs> well, Compared man, to negative compared 120, to, yeah. Dang, compared to that. It's one of those, like, I'm not dead. The what's a resort. <laughs> so Bellingshausen is on an island just off the coast of the continent. So that's like you a, say so? It's like a plum assignment as far as Antarctica goes. I'm taking your word for it on all of this. But like still barren, remember? Yeah, no totally. wood. No trees. <laughs> I'm over here with some toothpicks in my pocket. You're in there with your head stuck in the door of the church just huffing, <laughs> huffing away. Now, there are two seasons, summer and winter in Antarctica. Oh, they're going to say like a ward season in summer. <laughs> There's, what's it called with the, when um, they're debuting shows... Yeah, you mean pilot season? Yeah, yes. I thought you were going to say, like, oh, yes, there's mud season, fire season, pilot season, and award season. <laughs> I'm <well>. from L.A. <laughs> no, one is summer, one is winter. Ah. On, off. So the permanent daylight in the summer, mm-hmm. which would really mess with me. Oh, permanent daylight, right? Like, the sun doesn't go down. 100%. Right, right. All day, all night. How long? Huh. Is like three months of that? A couple months? Sure. Six weeks? Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, a long time. Four months. Uh, I don't know, I'm guessing. 100% <laughs> darkness in the winter. Uh-huh. And then you just have to walk around with a lantern in the snow. Um, that's April through August is the 100% wow. darkness in winter. So four months, essentially. Yeah. Even mm. though it's supposed to be this resort, it's still cold and dark and lonely. So you got your parka. You pull down the scarf that your mom knit for you uh, to let your mouth and nose out into the icy air. <laughs> so I'm freezing because my mom can't knit, but go on. <laughs> no offense. Um, you smell something. Mm. You smell vodka. Mm. You smell Metallica? Mm. You smell ridiculousness. James Hetfield? Well, something's brewing here. Attention! (laughs) (laughs) So it's October 9th, 2018. That wasn't too long ago, Mm -hmm. right? A lot of bad business going on up here in the States. Like, I I just, I looked at the major news stories for that month, and it was a dumpster fire. What month was this? October 2018. October 2018. Oh, so, okay, yeah. One month before our midterms. It was horrific. Same with September and November of that year. You know, let's just go back like 10 years has been horrific. Whatever. (laughs) I hate to tell you about the other 50, (laughs) 60, 80, 100, 200 years before The last 2,000 years have been a real (laughs) doozy. Um, So, at Bellingshausen, though. Ever since the ice melted, it's been real tough. (laughs) 10,000 years of just, just crisis. Hard, after. hard road. Uh, Bellingshausen, it's summertime. I'm loving it. And work was in full swing. Um, 14 people there. You're the number 14. Two of them. Though, I'm out there in my water wings and my banana hammock. Yeah. Guys, it's almost springtime. <laughs> You're like, oh my God, Sarah, he's got <laughs> snow madness. Um, so the two, there's two of the 14, though. They're going to bring the ridiculousness now. Two of the 14, okay. Yeah. So we have two main ridiculous characters. Mm-hmm. The first, Oleg Belogazov. 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 Okay. I know I am screwing up these names. Belogazov. I'm not. Have Belogazov. mercy is all I say. Belogazov, 52-year-old electrician and welder. Electrician welder. Got it. Belogazov. He doesn't look 52. 
Oh, like good for but you. But he might be <laughs> like <laughs> he might be like those What's your those Facebook people who use really old photos of themselves in their profiles. Oh, you mean like author photos of most novels? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, you know, but here's here's the other thing about Belogazov. Mm-hmm. Looks young. Pain in the patoot. Oh, he looks young, feels old. Uh-huh. Let me tell you this. His look is amazing, by the way. <laughs> really? What's he, he has like, like a really long, majestic beard. Like a Rasputin it's number? amber colored. Amber colored, wow. But it's, I don't know, it's because he drools cider down his face. <laughs> <laughs> He's got cider and tobacco stains <laughs> running down his face. But he looks, he looks every bit the Russian explorer. Okay, I'm He's liking like this. He's something out of a Russian fairy tale. So, like, would his face be befittedly surrounded by fur? I'm He's like, giving fur hat. <laughs> He's giving fur <laughs> So we have that. We've got Oleg, right? Mm-hmm. And then we have Sergei. Sergei. Yeah. Sergei Savitsky. Savitsky. Yeah. Okay. He's 55 years old. Sergey and Oleg. Yeah, Sergey looks every inch of fifty-five years old. <laughs> Ridden hard, put away. Yeah, wet. he's an electrical engineer. Uh-huh. He's having a tough time with the whole Antarctica thing. The scene, the vibe. He's a slight fellow. Okay, with, that has nothing to do with him having a hard time. He has short cropped hair. He has like a really sensible mustache, if there is such a thing. <laughs> and his press photo. Is phenomenal. It's him facing three quarters to the camera with one eyebrow raised. Are you kidding me? It sounds like something I would make up. I am 100% serious. Is the mustache like a, like a, a knowing smirk, just kind of cocking the corner? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put this on Instagram. There you go. Then you'll know. So these two, they've been beefing for months. Sergey, yeah. Oleg, separate yeah. yourselves. There's a lot of tension going on here. What are they fighting about? Well, here's the thing. The two big activities at this station, reading, drinking. <laughs> Those are what you do. What do you do? (laughs) Sometimes at the same time. Yeah, I imagine. Sometimes not. So, and because there's just one TV and it only has like a channel or two. Are they watching like South American TV? Like, I guess Argentinian? Penguin, Penguin, Wayne's World. (laughs) Penguin Public Access. (laughs) There's really spotty internet. Okay. So it's all dial up. Um, there's a gym, but it sounds like that really wasn't a popular option. <laughs> I don't They're imagine. just like, why? What? What do I have to live for? Um, <laughs> the library then gets a lot of use, and then livers were put to the test. Oh, liver! Okay, you you kind of caught me on that one. <laughs> See like, what I'm doing there? Yeah. They drinking in the old liver. Um, so another Russian at Bellingshausen, Sergey Bushmanov. So we now got two Sergeys. Bushmanov. Yes, Bushmanov. He's a geophysicist. He was at Vostok, where it gets 120 below. He mm-hmm. was there for two years. He said, I'm talking about Bellingshausen, though, he said that the 13 people stationed there drank more than 200 bottles of vodka in just six months. Wow. Well, they live in a resort, people. so, you know. <laughs> and they're just like they're just celebrating. all bundled up, laying out in Maybe the Maybe Barb and Star came down. That's and right. Like, hey, girls. <laughs> These are standard bottles, like fifths. Who wants Cosmos? <laughs> They're all drinking cocktails. What if they were drinking cocktails? Like, they're all, like, super, like, fancy cocktails. They're not drinking, like, out of the bottle, like you might imagine. Well, I mean, they have plenty of ice. They just need a blender. (laughs) So when they ran low, though, Mm -hmm. because obviously it's not, Oh, yeah, they can't restock. There's a limited. They made moonshine. They made their own? Mm -hmm. Okay. They didn't have to drive it around, though. What do they have have to make moonshine out of down there? Just like old fruit that's rotting? Check this out, right? Okay, so this is, and this is sanctioned by the station chief. He's like, well, yeah, we're out of vodka. What am I going to drink? Get to it. They made it from yeast, sugar, and, drumroll, peas. Peas. Like like Like, garden peas? Yeah, peas. Wow. I mean, I'm sure there's sugar in it. So peas are actually a pretty sweet I will tell you, vegetable. it could be worse. They could have been making like seagull wine, penguin wine. Wait, seagull? Oh, the seagull, seagull stuff in the bottle yeah. where they ferment the dead bird? Yeah, it's like an oh Inuit thing where they stick a seagull in a bottle yeah, and then I they heard, let it... Ugh. Yeah. You said penguin wine? Yeah, what so if you're they, imagining penguins they got a in bottles big old jug and they shove a, peng- a de- <laughs> dearly departed penguin in there? Like, R.I.P. Don't we're tell gonna... Morgan Freeman. <laughs> So at the Vostok base, the super cold one, it's mm-hmm. estimated that at least a third of the team would take part in week-long binges. Week-long? Yeah. They're they went on for seven straight days. benders. Did... And of course, then there are a lot of fights. And, it's, and I'm assuming this is during the dark time of the year, so they're bumbling around in the dark drunk well, for seven they have days. Well, I think they have like electricity. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> they just have candles <laughs> and they're knocking them over. So, but we can assume that the ragers were similar at Bellingshausen. It's the resort. 
Now, okay, you said the, earlier that, you know, that there's crime, and I know we're getting to the crime, but <laughs> are they also doing the other human behavior of sex? Because I imagine that there's some issues of jealousy and stuff if they're all drunk and like... I don't know. Okay, I was just wondering I don't know. if, they, the, if they there's don't an emotional component to this as well. Probably. Here's the thing, though. It's, the drinking isn't just at Russian stations. Oh. The Americans bring it. Nice. They, they have drinking? they have actual bars and stuff on their bases. The American bases, they have like, I don't know, gift shops. <laughs> like the military left this for they us. They got, you know, uh, Ferris wheels. <laughs> Get a hat. <laughs> but the, at the Americans, they had fights and they mm-hmm. also had a lot of public nudity. So the Americans brought the They're sex. They're just stripping down. They're just like, Ooh, Ooh, yeah, have I got a you. Um, <laughs> Scientists gone wild. Well, and at American stations, there's like a super clear division between scientists and maintenance personnel. No, the American distinctions. I love it. Right. And, it, and there, it's almost always drunken scientists mixing it up, <laughs> not the technicians. Yeah, because the te- they could lose their jobs. Yeah, right. <laughs> so keep in mind that while these workers and scientists at the station are subjected to you know, the harsh conditions, the stressful living, blah, blah, blah. Um, at the Russian stations, they aren't really vetted or trained for this. What do you mean? Well, they just not pick like, people like you won the bad lottery? Basically, it's not like they're cosmonauts. They A lot of the non-scientists <laughs> wind up there after they answer an ad in the paper. So, like, they think maybe I'm going to go be a secretary and they end up in Antarctica? They're looking on Craigslist. They're like, I need a job. What are some gigs? I don't know. Come down here and weld something in the sub-zeros. Um If they're qualified for the gig, Mm -hmm. if they are forklift certified, um, they are sent to Antarctica and they get monitored by the station chief for a couple of months. And unless they have a super severe problem, they stay. What do you mean stay? They just, they, that's where they work. That's your new life? Yeah. So uh, Belogazov and Savitsky, they had been stationed on and off for at least four years at this point. Now, do they have family back home that they're missing? (laughs) Do they have lives that they're like, you know suffering Who's in to say? The, its absence? They have the universal family of Earth. I don't know. <laughs> Below I'm office. worried about Sergei and Oleg is what I'm saying. <laughs> well, they're not getting along, right? Yeah. Savitsky, he keeps checking books out of the library to pass the time, as okay. you do, right? Every time he'd get a book out, He'd get a little bit into it, and then Belogazov would stroll up and spoil the ending of the book. No, wait. Now I got to go back again and ask because we went back back and forth on first names, last yeah. names. Belogazov is Sergey. Sergei. No, that's Oleg. Oleg Belogazov, Sergey Savitsky. Yeah, Oleg is like, oh, I'm not nice, and Sergey's <laughs> like, that Say sucks. It ain't so yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Sergey. Mm-hmm. Is the one checking the books out. Okay. And he, and Belogazov, like, oh, I'm not nice. He comes up, he's like, you know, gives a spoiler. For the book ending. Yeah. And this is, this whole spoiler party thing. They only have two things to do, read and get drunk. So. Yeah. So he, imagine that, like you're, you're reading this book, you just start it. And then, you know, what Captain is, Chuckles he, comes up and it's like, he, it's driving Savitsky nuts. Well, I have to actually give it to Oleg for a second on this, which is that he didn't wait till like the last seven pages and then go in, oh, hey. He may have. I don't know. Murder on the Orient Express. So you got to the part where they all put their hands on the... <gasps> Spoiler. Sorry. I don't know. I don't know how far. I think that he varied. I think sometimes he waited until he got like a chapter in. Uh-huh. He and he like, had all that this... That was not worth it. Well, Here. then you look, you think like, this is your entertainment. You have this delicious rest of the book waiting mm-hmm. for you. And mm-hmm. then he just, you know, ruins it. I gotcha. Um, so kind of like licking his cupcake. Yeah, well, he's like, I want to lick your cupcake, pal. Um, spoiling. You weren't going to eat that, were you? <laughs> he just sneezes on everything. Um, spoiling the plots and novels, totally out of line. Mm-hmm. But the last straw mm-hmm. was when Belogazov, Oleg, Oleg. oh, um, sound, he's a total bully, by the way. He starts making fun of Savitsky and he tells him to dance on the tables for money. <laughs> In the station dining room. I'm assuming he is drunk at this I point. I think everyone's drunk and all the time. He's like, you without a beard, get up and dance on the table. Dance for me. And then... Is this like dancing bear style, dancing monkey style, like a stripper style? What do we mean dance on I the table? I think it's a stripper bear. <laughs> a stripper bear. <laughs> a dancing bear. You like my pasties. It's Arr. like the Grateful Dead bears, but... But taking stripping. off their fur. <laughs> they're shaving their fur. They're shaving themselves. See, I don't know why I was picturing a, a bear in pasties in a bikini. That's how taking, bears strip. They, they shave themselves. <laughs> Hello. Haven't you ever been to a bear strip club? I don't have Any... friends like yours. <laughs> you better get out in the world. Um, <laughs> I'm so, so sheltered. 
Savitsky snaps. Yeah, as I as would I. Right. He goes knives out, literally, and no. he stabs Belogazov with a kitchen knife. Like in the hand? Yeah. He went he went to get him right in the penguin steak. Shiv shiv shiv. <laughs> no, he got him right in the chest. He stabbed him in the yes. chest. Oh so Oleg is like get on the table and dance and throw some rubles at him and he's like, I can't take it anymore. Does he come at him from the table like top rope with a knife in his hand? I like Like, to imagine he well, I don't think he ever got up on the table. Let's pretend he did. I assumed he did. Let's say he was I'm terrible. He was on the table and he was just out of like, you know, instant reaction. Okay, fine. He gets up to dance. He's Mm. like, What am I doing? (laughs) I've lost all my dignity. What happened to to my where did I go wrong? And then you just they lock eyes and it's oh boy. Um, chaos breaks out, obviously. Bad. <laughs> Madness, bedlam. Man's got a knife in his chest. Let's freeze the scene. Yuck, yuck, yuck. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> and when we come back, I'll let you know what happened. But you know what? No spoilers. Hey. <laughs> Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, A military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately eleven million dollars. Nearly ten million dollars was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. 
she would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zarin. Oh, hey, Elizabeth. What's up, girl? Um, crime in Antarctica. Oh, right. Knife in the chest. We finally got to the crime. <laughs> How's my man Zelitsky doing? Well, oh, Belogazov. that sucks, <laughs> Yeah, Belogazov. Oh, no. He's bleeding. Uh-huh. Stabbed in the chest with a kitchen knife. Okay. It's not beet juice. It's blood. <laughs> yeah. He's probably screaming. He probably is. And some people are like, should we ferment this? Yeah, they're just <laughs> shoving him in a giant barrel. They're like, no, no, no. He's <laughs> still alive. Catch the blood. Catch the blood. <laughs> He's like, Shtoeto. That's what's this in Russian. Oh, look at you. Yeah. I, you know what I know in Russian? Huh? voy. It means, well, I'm not dead. Also That's what fits. he yelled. That's what he yelled. <laughs> Do you know, I took Russian when I was in high school at yeah. UC Berkeley. Did you? Because they did like this bat signal thing out to all the local high school nerds, like calling all nerds. <laughs> we, Are you, you a power can, nerd? You can take a class in the summertime at, at Cal and it'll look good on your transcripts. You're like, more school? I'm there. Right. So, I've got but all here's, these months without school. Here's the two wolves inside of me, though. <laughs> the, the one was like, this is going to look good on my transcripts. And the other was like, what is the cr- most ridiculous thing I can do with this? Mm-hmm. So I looked at all the classes they had available there were reasonable things that I would use. And then I was like, what's the weirdest one? Russian. I'll take that. See, okay. <laughs> they said, send us your finest nerds. And I showed up and I was like, what's up? Wearing a wool of fur hat. Um, anyway, so, uh, Cagdila. there you go. Um, I was asking you, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, Shtoeto, what's this? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, at least I'm not dead. Um, <laughs> Antarctica, Belogazov, where are we? So medics arrive. Mm-hmm. It's a penguin with a siren on his head. Like and one a light. priest. Yeah, <laughs> a penguin and a priest walk into a bar. Um, they decide that he needs to be airlifted to a military hospital in Chile. Yeah, he's got a knife in his chest. <laughs> Might help. The penguins are like, there's only so much we can do. Yeah, all I have is these flippers. <laughs> They're just slapping him with the flippers. Um, it turns out he has damage to his heart from no. the attack. From the knife in his chest? But, you know, the wound's not life-threatening. Oh, that's good. So it just gave him a little scrapings. <laughs> just kind of cleaned off some of the built-up <laughs> cholesterol. <laughs> but he's still, he's in intensive care. Okay, I'm glad it's they intense. have that. It's intense. <laughs> in the care. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, yes. Savitsky, he surrenders to the station manager. No fights, no dramatics, just turns himself in. They're like, come on, man, did you do this? Yep. I, duh, I did it, yes. He's like finally reading the end of the book. <laughs> <laughs> How about that ending? Surprise? <laughs> and drinking some pea wine. P-E-A wine. Um, so they have like a limited number of flights out. So they had to wait to airlift him. They don't have a jail there. Mm-hmm. So what'd they do? Um, let's see. They don't have a jail there. They have to wait. They put him outside, just let him freeze up to his neck. <laughs> Close. They put him in the church. Oh, I was like, hey, he wants some <laughs> well, that, wood. They're like, this locks. And they put him <laughs> so they in the put church. put him in the nicest place they have where <laughs> totally. it smells of wood and it's, it's, candles and incense. <laughs> so he's getting rewarded for stabbing this well, guy in the nobody chest. Liked nobody Oleg. liked Oleg. That's my guess here. <laughs> so they lock him in the church. Now, per the Antarctic Treaty of 1959. Ah, uh, yes. I remember the negotiations. It, we worked so hard on that. Zone. Oh, God. Hours and hours. <laughs> Like, I don't know, 10, 20 minutes. It was terrible. If a person commits a crime mm-hmm. in Antarctica, they're subjected to the laws of their home country. Oh. So it's like a free zone. Yeah, but... it's like you're, you're, everywhere is an embassy. Yeah. Um, Savitsky, he spends 10 days in the clink, also known as the church. <laughs> and <then he's>... According <laughs> to Russian law? <laughs> yes. That's in, the, in, in the ways of our people, we lock you in a church. Um, then he's flown back to St. Petersburg mm-hmm. by way of Chile, then Uruguay, then the Netherlands, and then Mother Russia. So he had to hop all over. And he's got a knife in his chest. No, this is Savitsky. Oh, right. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. Oleg, okay. They sent Oleg, him they sent him to the medical hospital. In he's Chile, fine. yeah. So the, yeah, the guy stabbed. He's like, I got to go face justice. And they're bouncing him through every country that the they can on the way. slow boat to Like, you ever Moscow. seen Uruguay? Nobody has. <laughs> so they had to wait that long for mm-hmm. the next possible flight, 10 days. Um, 
He gets charged with attempted murder, and he's put under house arrest. Okay. Now, we're going to jump forward in time. Are you ready for this? Wait, let me... Yes, I'm ready. Okay. February 2019. You're Mm -hmm. still wearing your parka. I still got the fur hat on. He'll never take it off. It was an innocent time, February 2019. (laughs) We didn't know. We didn't know it was ahead. But Savitsky's trial is about to begin. Okay. So, the two men, Belugazov, Mm -hmm. is that how you say his name? Oleg, yeah, yeah Oleg Bologazov, Bologazov. and uh, Savits- Savitsky. They're sitting next to each other on a bench in the courtroom. Right. This is so Russian. I know. We're like, we're going to put the guy who stabbed you right next to you and then <laughs> and work it out. We're going to get some justice. <laughs> and they're chatting about, quote, abstract topics. Like what? Well, like- the Russian news agency RAPSI, R-A-P-S-I, it's Russian Legal Information Agency. Hmm. They said, they're the ones who said that they they were chatting about quote-unquote abstract topics. I am dying to know what these abstract topics were. Like, which is more important, string theory or like a modified gravitational theory? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Or was the 90210 reboot really worth it? <laughs> Yes, yes, it or was. Or was Fred Flintstones the thing, or the Jetsons, Jetsons a better representation of modern living in the 60s? Here's the thing, though. I don't ever watch TV. <laughs> never. I never watch TV. But let me tell you about the 90210 reboot. <laughs> me, I've never watched TV. Never seen it in one no, day in my life. No. But um, I've, got some, I've got some opinions. Got some strong opinions. <laughs> so uh, let's say string theory. The judge, he calls, the, or, or she. Mm-hmm. Or they call the court into session. Okay. And Belogazov's attorney stands and files a motion. So we have the the victim. The victim. Yeah. Is going to file a motion. That's weird. Yeah. Are they? You know, why would you do that? That's that's out of order. This whole court's out of order. <laughs> this is a travesty, a mockery. It travesty was a motion a to dismiss. So wait, he's like, just let's forget about this. Yeah. He said, Oleg says that he made peace with Savitsky uh-huh. and that there's no need to punish him any further. So he's like, look, it was my fault. Like, uh, let, let me just take this one on the chest. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that was beautiful. The rainbow just appeared in the sky. That was beautiful. Um, but in other statements to the press, right, Savitsky pretty much lays out, I'm guilty and I was irresponsible. Mm-hmm. And I shouldn't have done it. So you know, maybe Belogazov was like realized That's what a jerk he was. I don't want to victim blame, but I'm going to victim blame. They seem like you're doing it. But... <laughs> he brought it on himself. So the judge he makes sure that all you know harm has been remedied. Uh, is this a sufficient you know resolution for everyone? Are like, all parties are satisfied? Yeah, they're all da da. Justice. Yeah, Tra- charges dropped. That's it. The end. So if I go to Russia and I <laughs> stab somebody in the chest and I convince them, look, this was your fault. And they're like, you know what? Duh, you're right. He's kind I of can, a jerk. I can go before a judge and be like, look, ask him if it's okay that I stabbed him. And the guy's like, is okay. And I'm like, they're like, justice. There it is. That's interesting. I can right? see why so many people fall out of windows. <laughs> exactly. That's the like favorite method. Um what is your ridiculous takeaway here, Zarin? Other than the Russian Russian criminal justice system, <laughs> um, my ridiculous takeaway is that for once in my life, I am right based on purely just a speculative stereotype, but I shouldn't be anywhere where it's freezing because people don't act right where it's cold. You would go on a stabbing spree. That's a ridiculous takeaway, right? That I mean, is. that is ridiculous, and Let's, I'm taking away that message. <laughs> Let's keep you out of Antarctica <laughs> or anywhere, like, where it goes below 65. Yeah, I, I think 60. We can go 60. We can get kind of close yeah, to yeah. 60 because, you know, the Bay Area occasionally dips. Yeah, it does. And I, I never lose my head then. It's just, you know. Yeah, true. So what's your ridiculous takeaway, Miss Diana? Well, you know, I think... That we did learn a little about isolation when we were all in COVID lockdown. Yes. You know, obviously not to... It, a little about isolation and a lot about us. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes a little too much. <laughs> like with the COVID, the isolation was totally necessary. But it doesn't mean that it was or is. You know, people are still doing it. A cakewalk. Um, I know a lot of people, older folks, or um, I have friends who are immunocompromised. They have to isolate in order to stay alive. hmm but it is doing a number on them emotionally and psychologically. Are they right? drinking vodka and reading all They're the just, time? Yeah, basically. <laughs> They're just alone. Um, 
And so, like, outside of COVID and whatever, mm-hmm. the truth is that we're, we're social creatures. Completely. But we also need variety. Mm-hmm. So The same but different. We need to mix up the people that we do get to see. I think that's one of the things, like, if you're stuck in a house and you only see one person, it drives you a little nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you're 14 people in a building and you don't like all of them, that's 14 more ways to go crazy. <laughs> That's right. So none of them are your family or your friends. You mm-hmm. have to have like a mix up of activities. You know, it's it. most people, I mean, they're outliers, but most people don't like to do the exact same thing every single day. It gets lonely, right? Add alcohol into the mix. Yeah, I think that's the big one we should yeah, return to, which is, is the seven-day-long binges. I think that that may be something to do with the serotonin. Also, the whole, like, cycles of, like, I'm depressed again. Like, yeah. I wonder why. <laughs> well, and this is You've just, got a seven-day hangover, bro. Well, and no one's looking at the unhealthy relationship with alcohol going on it, here. Completely. When the station chief is like, yeah, whatever. Throw the yeast and the sugar. What do we have? <laughs> peas? Okay, yeah, make it. I'm so thirsty. <laughs> do um, we have some sweaty socks we can use as <laughs> Bring those out. I'm with the Romans. You don't let a group of men just sit around and do nothing. You get them building a bridge. You get them well, building a, an aqueduct. Stuff. I'm telling you, you got like more than six men standing around. Get them building something. They're, Otherwise, they're going to make a problem for you to fix. They're welding. They're rewiring. I don't know. I don't I don't believe it. I think they're... They're I mean, riding penguins. Well, it seems like they have a lot, it's basically a lot of science stations, right? So they're yeah. observing stuff. They're not having to actively do as much because oftentimes from what I'm imagining, these are not where they're having to like... I'm sure they're doing ice core drilling and stuff. They're doing some mm-hmm. real hands-on science. I'm not suggesting that they're just out there yeah. going, will the butterfly freeze if we leave it outside? <laughs> you know, I recognize they're doing hardcore, valid, valuable science, climate science, a lot of great stuff. But at the same time, I'm still thinking for some of these people, if they have enough time to have a week-long like vodka right, binge, right. maybe we could give them another hobby that's constructive yeah. for everybody. Yeah. I know if I did a week-long vodka binge, I'd probably lose my job. <laughs> I wouldn't be probably doing anything. You would probably lose your job. <laughs> like you're really well, betting on yourself. I don't want to say. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to deal in absolutes. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I can pull a lot of things like off. Day four, I believe in me. Up drunk at work on day four. You're like, I still got my job, bitches. <laughs> I can see it. Yeah, you can. I, you you're know, charming. I a surprise charming myself a lot. Yeah, um, you're a happy drunk. So. <laughs> I don't drink. <laughs> <laughs> um, they like the. I keep going back to these novels mm-hmm. that Savitsky's reading. They're his lifeline. Oh yeah, that's yeah, all sanity, he has. Community. And then you got Belogazov. He's getting his jollies out, stepping all over that, right? Mm-hmm. So here's my thing. But Zarin. what if that's where his joy comes from, Elizabeth? If you thought about <laughs> Belogazov's joy, what Zarin. if that's his only way of experiencing sunshine, Saren? <laughs> Hurt people hurt people. This is true. So realize, who hurt you? Realize, realize, realize. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the people who are behave like they're always hurting, they're the last to admit that yes. they themselves. No, you know? And on the real, you're 100% yeah. correct. Yeah. So I'm trying to be serious because <laughs> I have not been successful up until this point. Um, but you take all these ingredients, mm-hmm. put them in a pot, you mix them up, you put them out in the snow. Super ridiculous crime comes out. In ridiculous circumstances, but... If you put them in 80-degree temperature, a good gumbo. Ridiculously <laughs> happy ending. <laughs> that is a the ridiculous ending. Gumbo, <laughs> happy ending. Slimy but happy. Um, that's it. You can find us online, everybody. Head over to Ridiculous Crime on Instagram, because that's where we put all the visual supplements for these stories. Those are in the posts. In the Instagram stories, we make funnies about side jokes and the whatnots. Um, over on Twitter, which is also at Ridiculous Crime, we've got great conversations going, picking the best director for each episode. We have weekend riddles every now and then, too. If you have a tip about a ridiculous crime that you want to hear about or if you want to confess to something, uh, email us, ridiculouscrime at gmail.com. You want to just share a really bad selfie? We love anything, you know? Oh, we, God, don't just, do that. No? <laughs> I'm scared. Um, And that's it. Thank you. No, thank you. (laughs) Ridiculous Crime is hosted by Elizabeth Dutton and Zaren Burnett. Produced and edited by senior spoilerologist Dave Kustin. Research is by penguin apologist Marissa Brown. The theme song is by Metallica understudies Thomas Lee and Travis Dutton. Executive producers are Ben, I wonder how this ends, Bolin, and Noel, spoiler alert, Brown. Ridiculous crime.
Say it one more time. Ridiculous Crime. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.